Hey there, gorgeous, and welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where we talk all things marketing, business, and personal development. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the marketing coach, motivational speaker, and Dr. Pepper lover with a mission to connect you with the most incredible women I can find and the tools you need to chase those crazy, audacious dreams of yours. So welcome to the club, Firestarter. Now let's turn that spark of an idea into a wildfire of success. Hey, hey, Firestarters, welcome back to another episode. I am so excited because I actually have another guest for you today. I'm not going solo and I promised you a really amazing guest. And let me tell you, I think I nailed it. I think I delivered. Uh, I am so excited. I'm going to keep this intro really short because the episode is so long. It's got so much good information in it. But today I am chatting with my incredible, beautiful, wonderful friend, Kelly Hackney. Kelly is not only one of my biz besties, but she's also the founder, creator, and owner of Caffeine with Kelly, which is a marketing firm driven by her marketing knowledge and positivity. And she created it to spread joy one cup of coffee at a time. She serves her clients through caffeinated speaking engagements, one-on-one coaching and self-study courses. And when I tell you that this girl is the email marketing queen, I am not lying. She is so incredible, so knowledgeable, so skilled in this area. and. I don't know why I didn't bring her on the podcast sooner. She is truly just one of the most amazing humans I know, and I adore her, but I'm so glad we waited until now because the timing is perfect. She's going to be dropping all the email marketing knowledge for you. And this is not going to be your standard boring. You need an email list. Here's how to set one up type of conversation. We got a little bit deep in the weeds on creating subject lines that actually convert on some of the biggest email marketing mistakes that she keeps seeing people make, how to actually come up with really great content for your emails, how to avoid getting in their spam folder, all kinds of really juicy details surrounding email marketing. And so if you are looking to up your email marketing game or starting from scratch, and you want to go into the holiday season and into 2022, knowing that your email marketing is on point, and that you can actually convert and it doesn't have to cost you a ton of time and energy, then you're going to want to grab a notebook. You're going to want to take some notes on this conversation because Kelly is dropping so many gems throughout this. And I'm so excited to finally have her on the show. I know you're going to love her as much as I do. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm so excited. Hi, Haley. Finally. <laughs> yes, I'm honored. Finally. Finally. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you on Females on Fire. Uh, for those of you listening, Kelly is literally one of my biz besties. I adore this woman. She's amazing. Um, so to finally have her on the show is just awesome, but it's perfect timing. Uh, just perfect timing for us kind of getting into 2022 and closing out the year with holiday offers and all this stuff to dig into all of these 
wonderful, juicy email marketing tips that she has. So I'm super excited. You will probably hear us go off on a million rants about Gilmore Girls and her coffee obsession and all the things. Uh, Cause like I said, we're very good friends. So um, this is going to be a little weird, but Kelly, they don't know you. So uh, I'm going to have to ask you to give an intro of yourself. Tell them a little bit about you, how you got into entrepreneurship and how you became, got into marketing and became what you are now. Amazing. Okay. Well, if you're listening to this, I hope you're seated because it's kind of a long-winded story. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So excited and blessed to be here with Haley. I'm Kelly Hackney. I'm the owner and founder of Caffeine with Kelly, which is a marketing firm driven by my love of coffee and positivity. (laughs) And honestly, my I always tell people, God bless the broken road that led me to entrepreneurship because as a little girl, I knew I wanted to be in marketing. Um, My dad would volunteer tell me to speak at church. Um, probably since I learned how to read, (laughs) he would make me get up in front of the congregation and speak. And so speaking has always been a big thing of mine. And then I think I was in sixth or seventh grade when he took me to work with him. It was like a take your daughter to work day scenario. And he's a CFO and I am not, and I am not analytical in any way. And so I just knew I was like, well, I'm going to bring a coloring book. I'm going to sit and journal like this is going to be quite the day. Um, But I was able to go to a meeting with him. And I remember sitting at a long boardroom table and he handed out spreadsheets to everybody. And I just remember coloring it in. And after the meeting, he took me, we went to lunch, he brought me back to the office and he took me to the marketing department. And he's like, I think this is where you should stay for the afternoon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and for me, I didn't know what marketing was, but I'm, I've always been really creative. I'm obviously an extrovert and love speaking and, you know, learning new things. And, um, that was it. Like that literally like opened the door to my life to marketing and what that was. And, and so then as soon as I could in like middle school and high school, I started taking marketing classes and entrepreneurship classes, digital marketing classes, and went to school for marketing, graduated marketing and was super excited. I got hired before graduation, which was amazing at a small marketing firm, which was awesome. Um, and I left there just because I had to move. And so this was years ago when you couldn't work from wherever you wanted to, (laughs) you know, this wasn't 2020. Um, this was years ago and I'm not even going to tell people how many years ago it was, but I, um, left that firm because my, uh, my husband now, my boyfriend at the time was living in a different city and I wanted to go live with him. And so I had another marketing role that was strictly social media, which then moved me up to an event manager role, which is something I also love. And then I left that company for a not-for-profit and I was jazzed. I was like, oh my goodness, there's women in leadership here. There are opportunities for me to grow and shine and learn. Um, And long story short, that was not the case. And over the pandemic of 2020, um, it didn't take long for you to see true colors of leadership. And what, when I was being like talked down to in the office, it accentuated outside of the office. Um, when you're able to send snarky messages or send, you know, snarky emails. Um, and I would get those often from my boss, from my boss's boss. I would be in meetings with them and they would completely undermine me in front of like clients and other people. Um, I was told once by my boss that my positive energy 
was actually negative because it made me seem like I was disingenuous. And for me, I was like, what do you want me to do? Like not say good morning to people when I walk in. Yeah. Um, and so long story short, actually, when we were still in the office, I was told that, and they moved my desk across the floor. So I wasn't even near like my teammates. Um, it was like, they put baby in a corner (laughs) and, um, and I still walked in loud and proud every day, said good morning to people, because that's what you do as a kind human being. And I was like, if anything, oh yeah, sure. I'll go sit in the corner, but I'm still going to make friends. Like I'm still going to collaborate. Um, and long story short, September, 2020 comes and it was a long road from March to September, just those few short months being in this awful environment for me. And I remember calling my husband or my fiance at the time. Um, I ended up calling him. I was at my sister's for the weekend. And I said, Hey, I just got out of an awful meeting. They did it to me again. I'm crying. Um, and we talked for like an hour on finances and what would have to happen if I just quit. Um, which was literally never in my plan. Um, if my dad is listening to this, he knows I didn't talk to him for like a month because I was terrified to tell him that I quit my job without another job. That was like the number one rule growing up. He's like, you can leave a job whenever you want, but you better have another one lined up. I didn't. Well, and it was mid pandemic. I'm a marketing person. Most marketing humans were being fired in the pandemic because they were deemed unnecessary. Right. So for me to find a job was slim, slim to none. And if there were any, there were hundreds of candidates because everyone had been furloughed or lost their jobs or what have you. So I voluntarily quit my job. Um, thank God that we are good savers and we had a time frame. He's like, okay, you need to find a job by this date or yeah. you know, else. <laughs> um, and so September, I quit. I will never forget it. I was at my sister's. I put my two weeks in and she put on her TV really, really loud. She put on the song, take this job and shove it. And we yeah. danced around for like literally Good 10 goodness. minutes, like over yeah. and over again. And I was like crying of happiness. It was literally one of the best days of my life. And um, I just felt so free and amazing being out from underneath people that were squashing me so much. And, um, so fast forward, um, I got married last October, um, honeymoon to November and then December came and I was obviously actively applying and all that jazz. And all of a sudden I got a call from one of my mentors and he said, well, how's the job search going? You know, I know you've been struggling with that. How's it going? And I'm like, it's not going, it's going awful. <laughs> um, I can't find anything or those that I find there's, I know I'm one of like 200 candidates and, um, and that's a tough spot to be in. And for years I had clients on the side for fun because I the marketing knowledge that I was getting at work was not all of the knowledge that I knew I could be getting and experience. So I had little baby clients on the side for fun. And he asked if I was still doing that. And I said, yeah, why would I get rid of them? They're amazing. They literally like fill my soul of happiness. And, um, and he straight up said that I don't understand why you don't just own your own business. And it took me like literally like this never even popped in my head. I'm like, nope. No, I'm a marketing professional. I'm going to get a nine to five job. It's going to be great. I'm going to have amazing benefits. Move on with my life. Um, and then I realized, wow, like my cup is always full when I get to help these other clients on the side and do fun things in a way that I can serve clients the way I want to. And long story short, I hung up the phone with my mentor. I walked into my now husband's office and I said, I'm really glad you're seated because I have something crazy to tell you. <laughs> 
And, um, and he's like, okay, tell me. And I, I said, I think I'm going to take caffeine with Kelly, which is now my business name, but it was my blog at the time, just a fun outlet. Um, I said, I think I'm going to take that and I'm going to make that a marketing firm and make that as a business and really be able to serve people with my positive energy and in the way that I want to. Um, and he said, yeah, duh. Like I, yeah. I could have told you that, but you needed to figure that out on your own. Love him. <laughs> literally, I was like, bless him. Um, and I just remember I was like on the verge of crying and I was like, but what if it doesn't work out? I straight up said that. And he goes, but what if it does? Yeah. And that was it. I literally, I crap you not. I fell on the floor on my knees crying. And I was like, okay, the next day I woke up, I bought my LLC and here we are. Um, and so I always say, God bless that broken road because there were cracks and twists and turns and weird questions and lots of fear, um, and lots of courage that had to go into it. And I am so blessed that I was able to find this path and be here today because without any of those other turns, wrong turns, right turns, whatever turns they were, I never would have made it here. And so I'm just excited to be here specifically on this podcast with you today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited that you're here, obviously. Um, I love that because I think we all have those moments of like, but what if it doesn't work out? And so to have somebody there to say, but what if it does? I mean, that's important that's imperative to your success. Right. And yeah, I know Luke has been that voice for me many a time. So, you know, good on your new at the time husband, (laughs) right. For, for, for being that for you. And I know for you and I, I know we connected actually, how, how did we meet? Was it clubhouse? No, pretty sure. I posted something that had Gilmore girls on it and you found it. I just remember you had like DM me and you were like, I just saw your Gilmore Girls post. And I was like, who is this beautiful woman? But probably, probably Clubhouse. Yeah. I knew it was right kind of when Clubhouse like started to become a thing sort of, or like right before that a little bit. And so I knew we had like seen each other around Clubhouse several times. And then Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me that we had like similar, um, like background stories, like a lot of similar parts to our story. And so I know we connected over, over that too. So I think we've, we've kind of connected over a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but I love how once you kind of step into this little, you know, bubble of entrepreneurship, I love how like, yeah, we're all different. We all have different stories, but you really start to see like so much comparison across our stories. And so, so many things that are the same and just so many similarities that we have within our, our background stories and our journeys to like, get where we are. Yep. Because like, maybe it's not even necessarily like you're coming from a corporate job, but pretty much all of us have that part of our story, that moment where we're like, I just can't do this anymore. Like I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so, you know, then we have that voice, whether it's our own or someone else's just kind of pushing us to take that leap into entrepreneurship. And then once you step into it and get into it, we're like, why was I not doing this the entire time? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what sets a lot of entrepreneurs apart because some people will still take that fear 
aspect or wait five years before actually starting. Right. Yeah. And I think that sets like you and I both apart. Cause we just both went in and went, we're doing it. And if it doesn't work out fine, but if it does amazing. Right. Um, but we're going to learn as we go. And, um, it's been an amazing trip for me at least. Yeah. And this is actually, this is something I'm going through with Luke right now, because I keep trying to explain this to him. I know, you know, that Luke has a very big goal of wanting to own his own distillery someday. And that is a huge undertaking. Um, so obviously we're not anywhere near that yet. Um, but even now while he's working, you know, a full-time job, that's not even in that industry, I'm trying to get him to kind of step into that world a little bit in whatever ways he can. So starting a podcast, he's got an Instagram channel, like, you know, those types of things. And even now having kind of started to step into that world in those ways, when we talk about him owning a distillery, he still doesn't sound like he thinks it'll ever actually happen. And when we have discussions about it, he's constantly just like, oh, but you know, what if this, and what if that, and it's such a huge undertaking, it'll cost us so much money financially. What if we lose all the money? Like, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm constantly just having to be like, right. But what if it works? Like, what if it's successful? You know, what if this, what if that, and like counter him on the, what ifs. And it's interesting you know, once you've been in entrepreneurship for a while and you've had to do this for yourself many times where you're saying like, oh, but what if it works? And you've had those other voices say it to you and you've moved through that fear, like, you know, probably many times, because most of us have felt Mm -hmm. that so many times in our journey of entrepreneurship, but it's interesting now having done that so many times to like, look back at him doing it for the first time and be able to say, but, but what if it works and be able to like, be that voice for him and Mm -hmm. be like, you know, there, you know, there's a huge opportunity here for you. It might work. Like, don't let the fear stop you come join us over here in this world of entrepreneurship, right? Come on, come on. (laughs) The grass is greener over here. Come join us. Um, so I do think it's funny that you say that because I I think a lot of us like use that fear as the reasoning, as the voice to be like, well, what other option do I have? Mm -hmm. And just kind of jump in and, you know, not have the safety net. And I really believe that not having that safety net is what makes you actually like do the thing. Right. And Mm -hmm what makes you resilient and courageous and, you know, makes you be willing to take risks and all of that, because, you know, if you've got that safety net where you're like, oh, I could always go back and get the corporate job, or I could always, you know, go do this or go do that. Then you're always going to kind of have that, like, but what if it doesn't work mindset, you're always going to be afraid. And so I think not having the safety net is what really like pushes you to go for it. And once you've done it once, you know, once you've felt fear done in any way, jumped without the safety net once, then, you know, you can do it. Like, then you've got that, that kind of courage and, and that standing behind you to say, you know, Hey, I've done this one time. I I can do it again. I 
I can do anything. <laughs> or even, I mean, even if it doesn't work out exactly how you wanted to, you'd be like, well, I'm going to do it again and I'm going to add this, or I'm going to do this. And it's going to be so much better. Um, I really believe that if you can make it through the first failure, you're good. Like, okay. Because if you can actually push through that first failure, that first thing that flops, that first time you just like fall flat on your face, embarrass yourself, lose all the money, lose all the followers, whatever, like whatever the big failure is, Mm -hmm. if you can make it through that and stand back up, I mean, after that, you know, you can do it. So I think you're good to go. Yes, absolutely. I think, but some people are literally stuck where they're like, but if I do this, I'm going to fail. Absolutely. You're going to fail. That's part of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> Multiple times. Like yeah, so many literally times. hundreds of times within a week, probably. Um, it's just how you, you know, that decision you make afterwards of what you're going to do with that and how you're learning and how you're growing. Um, because I feel like I'm surprised I don't have gray hairs from this <laughs> one year of entrepreneurship of like the wisdom I feel like I've gained thus far. Oh yeah. We're not even going to talk about if I have gray hairs. <laughs> We're not even going to go there. Cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's so accurate though. And I, I think with entrepreneurship, you just have to go in knowing that, you know, it, it's like life, right? Like you're never going to know everything you need to know. And so you just have to go in with that mentality and that mindset and, you know, just constantly be learning and growing and looking for new opportunities and just constantly be asking yourself, like, how do I get to the next level and do that knowing that you never get to a level where you say, okay, I'm done. I've learned all the things I've got nowhere else to level up to. I'm good to go. I I know everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't exist. It's, it's not real, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they can get to that level where they're done and they know everything. And so then when that never comes, when they never get there, when they never actually know everything they need to know and they have to keep learning, they feel like a failure and they feel like they've done something wrong. And they're just basically saying, you know, I'm a failure because I don't know everything I need to know or because I'm not ready or because this thing keeps flopping and they're just like constantly feeling that way. And I think this is why the rate at which small businesses go out of business is so like astronomically high. Mm -hmm. I mean, most businesses, small businesses close down in their first year and even more than that close down in three. And so if you just go in knowing that, knowing that it's going to be this constant learning process. It's going to be this constant process of growing and evolving and adapting and adjusting and pivoting. Then, and only then, are you actually in the right mind space to actually go through entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. And I feel like even just for me, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I will be the first person to say that. And, you know, when something doesn't work out or I spend way too much time building a graphic for something, you know, 80, 20 life, um, I realize, you know what, Kelly, this is <laughs> just because it's done. Doesn't mean it has to be perfect. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. Um, get it out there, do it today 
show your face, right? Love on your community and things are going to flourish. You won't yeah. even, you won't even notice because you're going to be so busy doing so many other things. You're going to be like stopping one day, looking at your journal and going, wow, wow, last year was crazy. <laughs> and all of these amazing things happened. And that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I'm a recovering perfectionist too. I, so <laughs> I get it. And I think everybody listening to this is going to kind of identify with that a little bit because most entrepreneurs feel like they've got some level of the perfectionist thing going on. But I think, you know, I think you should strive for perfection. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but I think you should strive for perfection until the need for it to be perfect is the thing getting in your way. And then you just have to let it be good enough. Right. And then you just got to say, okay, I gave it everything I had to make it as perfect as possible. And now I'm just going to let it be good enough and I'm going to put it out into the world. Right. Yep. And that's the point that, that you've got to get to. Yeah. I always, I always take it back to the analogy where people say shoot for the moon, but if you land in the stars, it's equally as amazing. Right. Um, like imagine going from here to the stars. That's awesome. And if you make it to the moon, awesome, but you still have such a beautiful journey. Um, and so I love that analogy because it's exactly what you said. You can strive for perfect. No one knows what perfect is. So if you get close to what your brain is thinking perfect is you've made it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, I feel like we could go down this rabbit hole literally all day long, Um, it's not at all what I brought you on here to talk about, but I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) I told you guys this would happen. This is so typical of us because we're already very good friends that we would go down all these different rabbit holes. (laughs) We'll try and end it up from here on out. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a long episode. We're just like going ahead and preparing everyone for that, (laughs) but let's dive in. Uh, to the reason I brought you here, I know, um, you're a marketing guru, just like I am. Um, and we could talk all the things all day long, but I want to dive in and focus on specifically on email marketing, because I know that's where you just really shine and thrive. And it is most certainly not my favorite, (laughs) and I feel like it's an area where a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle And I think this year, especially we've just seen so many changes to social media, right? Like, um, social audio has been introduced. Um, there's just been so many like social media outages, right. Of things going down constantly. So many algorithm changes. Um, TikTok has skyrocketed. Right. And uh, Instagram has just changed so, so much. Um, even it just like in the last year alone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've seen these apps literally go down for like a day at a time, you know, and, and so many people whose accounts are like getting hacked and sure these things have always happened, but it seems like it's happening just like so much more rampantly, right? Like so much more often. Mm-hmm. And And it's this constant reminder that we need an email list, right? I, I know we hear that all the time and I know most people have something, some small 
you know, at the very least small segment of people on their email list, or they've got at least something they can start with, but just struggle with actually being consistent with it Mm -hmm. and, and figuring out what to send to their email list and how to grow it and how to just really stay consistent on that. And we do have an episode from way, way back in the beginning of this podcast so long ago, uh, over three years ago on, uh, email marketing, but it was more sort of the basics of like how to actually start to build your email list and like the logistics of the basics. And so I want to take that a step further in this episode. So first and foremost, and I know a lot of people, probably myself included, are going to be like, oh, she's calling me out on this one. Um, But first and foremost, I want to know what are the biggest email marketing mistakes that you see, whether it's like your own clients or just people that like follow you and ask you questions like, what are you seeing that as soon as people say, this is what they're doing, you're like, cringe. That is so like, not the best way to go about that. I'll make this a short list. I promise. But, um, you know, one thing I see, one thing I see very often, um, that actually hurts a lot of people on email is their entire email is a graphic. Mm. Um, and you can have graphics, within your email. But if the whole thing is a graphic, what if there's a glitch and no one can see it? And that happens very often where like an email provider isn't accepting that graphic because they think it's spam or they think there's something wrong with it. Um, So I don't know the exact data points of it, but I know many of emails that are just graphics will go to like a promotions tab or a sales tab because they think that's what it is. Um, So just be mindful of that. Another thing- I'm going to stop you and ask this really quick. Is there a certain number of graphics that you're just like, whoa, that's like way too many or- Does it just need to be like a certain amount of text? Like what's the, the ratio of like text to graphics that we really need to pay attention to, or is there one? Yeah. Especially like for those of you who are listening, who have like a newsletter format, um, where you have like a picture and text and a picture and text, I would just keep it one-to-one, um, but have the text be text, like actual text in the email, because if the, if the image doesn't work, at least they can read that, um, and because that could happen. So I'm, I don't want to tell you anything hard. Like you can only have one graphic and it has to be at the top of your email or what have you. Um, but I want to make sure that I stress that if you go on Canva and just make like an email and it's all, and it's beautiful and everything's branded and everything is aligned. And then you just kind of put that graphic within an email template. Um, many things could go wrong. So that's yeah. one thing that I see often. <laughs> Love it. Even big box stores do that though. And you have to like click to open their emails in a new tab or what have you. And it's, you know, a confused customer won't buy. So if there's an extra step that someone has to take just to click on something, just to read an email, they won't do it. Yeah. I think that's all marketing is, is just like, how do we get them from inquiry or point A to conversion and like clicking and purchasing point B, right. It really like, is that simple? It's just getting them from one point to the next. That's all marketing is. All right. But keep going. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Um, number two is I have clients that come to me and they say, you know, I want a newsletter, but I want 
like 10 different links within my email. Um, one, cool, you can make that work. But if you have 10 different links and they are all very, very different and none of them are going back like to your website where you initially want someone to buy, um, that could be hazardous as well. Because if you're sending them to the New York Times and they close your email and never open it again, then they'll never buy from you, right? So I'm not saying, um, I guess my number three thing is do not do promotion only emails. <laughs> but <laughs> they kind of rolled into one is, you know, some people will send only emails when they when they're launching something, when there's something they want to sell, when they want to, you know, make money and they don't have those like fun get to know you emails between. Um, so that's another big issue. I mean, I don't know why you're calling me out personally. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Haley. I'm here to help you step it up. <laughs> no, I will say though, I am like the worst about that. Like I, I actually am really bad about this because mm -hmm. I know better, which I think actually makes it worse. Like when you know better, you should do better, mm -hmm. but I don't, um, in this regard, I don't, um, because I, I just, I don't know. It just like gets bumped down on my list over and over and over again. And so I end up never emailing my list. And then I'm starting to like plan out a launch several months out. And I'm like, dang, I should, I should email them so that I'm not only emailing them during the launch. And you know what, if that strategy works, it great. doesn't, <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. One out of 10 do not recommend like, no, it, it does not help at all. Not even a little bit. No. Um, so email your list. You should absolutely be emailing your list. That is the only decent advice you will get out of me on this episode. Yeah. And I, and rolling into the fourth thing that I see a lot is I get clients coming to me and they say, I spend hours writing an email and no one opens them. And I don't want to waste my time anymore. And I always say back, well, what are your subject lines and what are your pre-headers? And what are those saying or not saying so that people are not opening that email? Yeah. Um, I tell my clients all the time, I spend just as much time on subject lines that I do with the actual copy within an email, because mm -hmm. if they don't open it, if you don't make a message that's quick hit, easy for them to love on, um, they won't open it. Yeah. And then your hour of writing an email is gone. Hmm. Yeah. Such good mistakes. Such good mistakes. I know you guys, she probably called you out. Sorry okay. about she it. called me out too. <laughs> it's fine. Mm -hmm. We're learning. That's why we're here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit though, uh, in the order of which I was going to ask these questions, because you actually kind of just set me up for it. Let's talk subject lines. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've heard a lot of you know, email marketing conversations over the years with just like podcasts and conferences, masterclasses, et cetera. And rarely does the conversation ever really touch on subject lines. Most of the time it's like, oh yeah, just like make it catchy. Right. And, and that's kind of it. That's all they really touch on at all. So I want to know from you, if somebody's sitting here listening to this and they're like, okay, I get it. Like I need to really put a lot of focus on the subject line. I need to spend a lot of time coming up with this subject line. How do they know if it's any good? Like, how do they, you know, test it and figure it out? And how do they know, like, what's going to actually be catchy? What's going to convert and, and make people actually click on it? What is your process for that? And for coming up with those? And I know 
you have something available for your clients, for customers that really, really helps with this. So feel free to mention that, but I want to know for those people who are just sitting at home and they're like, I get it, but I'm still confused. What does the process actually look like for that? Yeah. So personally, um, I repurpose a lot of my content, but it usually starts with email because I want my email humans and my subscribers to feel as special as can be because they had to take an extra action to subscribe and be a part of my list. So if you get nothing out of this episode, anybody make your email people feel like a million bucks because they will want to keep coming back to your emails and reading them. Um, and then maybe two hours later, you post the same thing on social media, but your email people know that they're going to get it first and fast always. Um, so that's a random side note. Sorry, everybody. But yeah. <laughs> when it comes to subject line specifically, um, I always tell my clients and what I do personally is I try to keep them under seven words because you want to make sure like if you're opening emails on your phone, which a lot of people do, um, you want to make sure that it doesn't continue. Like you don't want to say like happy holidays from dot, 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 dot. Like unless the dot, dot, dot works for you and you have that completely planned out, um, it might look weird and chunky. And then people will be like, oh, that's lame and scroll past it or delete it. Um, so seven ish words, depending on the size of what people are viewing on. Um, and you have to be bold. I'm not saying be like clickbait everybody um, and say, you know, open this for a million dollars or something. Um, but something that'll entice them to open it that they can, they want to know more. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I have um, one of my clients is an affirmation company and they have um, products that go with different affirmations. And so one of them, um, when I worked on their emails, it was insert first name, which is really important too, because you want to add some personalization if you can, um, comma, you are worthy mm. or open to learn more about becoming worthy. Um, because if you make it actionable, they'll want to click on it. Um, and on a personalization piece, that's what's awesome about email is it's giant marketing messages at scale that are personalized. Um, right. You know, social media is amazing. Obviously we all know that we both know that, but in an email format, you can really get personal with people. Um, and I think that's just so, so special is you can always have Kelly comma open this email for my top 10 tips. And you're like, yeah, I want to open that. I want those tips, right? Um, which I just, I just love. Um, so that is why subject lines are really, really important. And personally, um, short, bold description, something that's an action that they can take and personalization. And drum roll, please. Um, <laughs> you can't see us, but we are drum rolling. <laughs> um, What's also really special about email is that you can test things. So Haley, your question was, how do you know if it's working? You know it's working if you do an A-B test where half of your list gets, Kelly, open this email for goodies. The other half gets, open this email for goodies. And then you can tell if 200 people like seeing their name in a subject line or 200 people don't. Um, and you can do that with stuff within the email as well. But you can start with personalization and testing things right in subject line. And that's amazing. Yep. 
So dumb this down for me, for the people at home who are like, okay, I get it, but wait a minute. Cause I, I still need to know this. AB testing. We hear that all the time. Test it, test it, test it. But how are you splitting those people up? Is it random or is it just like, I mean, what's the process there? Because I know this is a little bit of a tangent off of subject lines, but I feel like they go hand in hand with each other because especially with subject lines, we're constantly hearing about how you need to test them and do AB testing and, and all of this stuff. And I know overall the concept of testing them is a simple concept, but once you actually sit down in your email software and you're trying to actually like sit down and plan out the testing and and do that, I feel like that's where a lot of people end up quitting and giving up. So what are your tips for the testing process and how to split those people up and what to actually look for to see what's working and what's not. Absolutely. So a lot of my clients have never segmented lists before, right? And when I say segment, it's breaking them up in any way, right? So you're not just email blasting to everyone on your list every time you send an email. Um, There is a strategy for that for when, you know, you want a blanket statement to go to everyone, but there is a strategy of having different lists, having lists that are engaged people, having lists that are only purchased people, right? Because then you can tailor those messages to all of them. But in a testing realm with all my clients, I say, I need you in the beginning. I need you to take your giant list and look at analytics and pull out people who have been clicking, at least opening them and put them in a separate area. Um, and a lot of times I have them AB test that list because I know those are people that are at least going to open the email or have a higher likelihood of loving on that email because in the past we've seen that they've been loving on it. Um, but if you're over there, you're looking at your screen right now and you're like, I want to AB test something. Kelly, tell me how I literally would just split your list in half and do one half of the main list and the other half of the other list and kind of just cut it and see where it works. Any data is data. And so if you're able to test anything, that's important. Um, But you can get really granular with that. And so if anything, number one, test a full list half and half. And number two, take your engaged humans out and then test that list. Because those are the people that you're really going to see really good results. Yeah. And I think this is where people get really tripped up because like I said, we're constantly hearing that about you need to test it and you need to look at the conversions and you need to look at the click rates and you need to look at this and look at that. And, you know, I'm a marketing coach. Like, so I get it. I a hundred percent and all about the data. And I know we're constantly hearing that you've got to look at the data and see, I hate emails, but well, no, I don't, I don't hate emails. I hate that. I'm not very consistent with them. And so I almost never like actually dig in and look at my own data and unless I just like really need to for something. And it's just because it's like, I don't want to know, you know, like if I don't look at it, it can't affect me. Right. It's that kind of thing. Um, but for most people, like if they're really trying to get serious about being consistent, trying to send out this newsletter every week or whatever it is, especially to try to like, you know, eventually build up to a launch or Mm -hmm. something like that. I feel like we're constantly hearing, like we need to test but then we're sitting down and most people either like don't have segments on their list at all, or they've just got like the basic, like these people opted in with 
this freebie and these people opted in through this form, like those kind of segments. And they have never once sent an email to just one of those segments. So I think it gets difficult when, when people start sitting down and going, okay, I need to put in these segments and I need to do this testing and I need to really put a lot of effort into the subject lines and I need to make sure it's personalized and I need to actually build out the content for the email and make sure it's really high quality content, but not use too many graphics and it needs to be on brand. And it just all starts to get really overwhelming. And people are like, my God, this is taking me like hours of time. And then they're like, I I don't even know how to repurpose it. And they eventually put it all together and do it anyway. And they don't get a lot of, you know, high open rates or click rates on the first one. And so they're just like, this is a massive waste of time. I'm out. So like I said, this is where I think it starts to get kind of difficult. And I think if you can start to kind of play around, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, I mean, it, it can get very granular. I mean, like anything with marketing, right? So I think you kind of have to play around with like, what do you actually want to know? Right. Yeah. Because let's face it, we can find data all day long, right? Like we can get really into the weeds on this all day long, but what do you actually want to know? Do you want to know if this subject line made them convert more? Do you want to know, did the subject line actually convert more? Do you want to know, did this actually get you more clicks? Did you want to see what of some options actually made people more inclined to purchase from you? Like, what is the piece of data that you actually need the most? Yep. And that's what I'm like constantly telling my marketing clients is like, what do you actually want to know? Because we can get really overwhelmed and really into the weeds with all of the different numbers and the different data and the different options. But what is your goal? Like at the end of the day, what is your goal? And with, I, I think email marketing is no different. Like you've got to think about what is your goal for this email, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe this particular email is just to get them like engaging with you and and opening and clicking so that you've got them ready for something down the road, right? But you've got to know that going in and whatever, you know, that goal is, that plan is, that's kind of going to determine like what type of testing you're doing, what data you're looking at, and, and what your plan for everything really is. And an easy thing to test too. A lot of my clients are like, well, you know, no one's opening my emails when I send them at eight in the morning. I'm like, great. Then split that list up, send one at eight in the morning and send one at 3 PM, you know? Um, and those are simple things that you can test. And all you do is have to hit send one more time and make sure that it's tested because even if a message goes out, maybe every Monday morning, you're really good at sending your newsletter every Monday morning at 8 a.m., but now you're realizing no one's really opening it. It's probably because at 8 a.m. on Monday morning, people are finally getting their coffee. They're going through a thousand emails that are in their inbox over the weekend, you know, and, and you really have to either set yourself up and make sure that either they know that they are so engaged that they're waiting for that email of yours, um, or maybe you try a different day or you try a different time for when they are fully caffeinated and ready to open your email. <laughs> that, 
could be as simple as that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That's our favorite. <laughs> that's our favorite. I love it. I love it. Well, tell them really quickly about, because you have such an amazing offer for this that I love, and I know has helped so many people. And I, I do want to pop it in the show notes and just make sure that we make sure that they know it's available. So tell them about your subject lines that convert because yes. it's such a great offer. I love it. I swear by it. And, um, I know it's, it just can really help a lot of people. Thanks. So I have a newer product. It's an instant downloadable. It's called hundred subject lines that convert. That's exactly what it is. There are pages and pages and pages of tested subject lines that I've been putting together for a really long time. Um, literally, yes, literally, like, literally, I, literally, I've tried it. It's amazing. It works. Trust me. And I have people that have gotten it, purchased it. And they're like, yeah, I really wanted it because I wanted, you know, more subject lines, but now they literally keep it on their desk. And they use it for social media um, ideas and just email content ideas in general. And for me, I'm like, wow, I am blessed because I tried making one thing for one purpose. And now multiple people that I know literally keep it like on their desk or it's, you know, put on a board right next to them. So they look at it every day. And I'm like, that's amazing. So if you're out there and you're struggling with anything from content ideas to email subject lines, go and check out this product. It's really great. It's for sale for 119. It is not at a high price point at all because I want people to love on it. Um, you know, at the end of the day as a marketer, Haley and I are both here to serve. And if I'm able to serve with something that, yes, I've done a lot of work into it, but it'll help so many more people. I want to do that. I want to be a leader in that way. So yeah, go and love on that if you need it. <laughs> yes. And I'm telling you, it actually works. Like I, I swear by it. And I, you know, that's all I care about when I'm buying something or downloading something or whatever is, does it actually work? And this does. And I am not just saying that because she's one of my best friends. I'm saying it because I've tried it and it's really honestly just such an amazing offer. It's just a steal and, um, really just so incredibly helpful. So incredibly insightful. So we will put that the link, um, in all the links and all the show notes, um, everywhere. So please <laughs> go grab it. You need it. And I love that literally means a lot to me. So thank you. <laughs> now you can just pull this podcast clip and be like, see, I have a testimonial. <laughs> Haley loves it. Straight from Haley. <laughs> <laughs> Came straight from females on fire. I love it. So we've covered subject lines, but now you're saying you've got clients who are like, but they're not opening. They're not clicking. What do I do? So what is your advice and what tips do you have for how to kind of up that click rate specifically? Because I know there's a lot of talk and a lot of like conversations and resources about how to increase your open rates, but I feel like the click rate is wildly more valuable. That's what we're all going for anyway. And there's less conversation about how to actually get those people who open the email to actually click on, you know, whatever you're presenting them. And plus, I think if you're doing all the things we've already talked about, like making sure you're, you know, providing really great content, not using too many graphics, testing your subject lines, like all of that stuff, your open rates are inevitably going to go up anyway. Mm-hmm. And we could sit here and talk open rates all day long. And I just don't think it's going to be worth it. How do you get them to click? Like, how do you actually get them to convert? How do you actually get them to buy? Right. Cause that's what we all want. I know you already mentioned, like, don't put, 
you know, a dozen links in there that are all super different, but I mean, in terms of actually getting the click rates to go up, what are we doing? Right. What are we doing wrong? Like what's your best advice for actually like making that number go up? Yep. My best advice is short and sweet. And to the point is if you write an email that is as long as a blog (laughs) and it's paragraphs on paragraphs on paragraphs and you pour your heart and soul into it. Um, and you have one link on the bottom to do something, chances are they're not going to make it to the bottom. So my best advice is either have a blog or instead of writing a whole novel, write something that's only a couple paragraphs long, have a link where they can continue reading or they can continue learning more or they can see what product you're talking about or what have you. So it's kind of like the subject line leads you into something awesome to read about, to learn about. And then that call to action makes them either want to read more about something, learn more about something. I have clients that have um, emails that go to their Pinterest and it drives them into really fun idea posts to up, you know, engagement on, on a different platform overall. So there are so many ways that you can do it, but honestly, keeping your emails shorter so that people do want to continue seeing what you have going on is the easiest way that I can tell my clients. I have some clients that'll basically brain dump me emails and they are like three um, Google doc pages long. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) we're going to make this into four emails. This is what we're going to do. And all of them are going to be segmented and we're going to tie this up in a bow and send it out. Um, So, I mean, we live in a world of instant gratification of, you know, short form video. Um, there's a lot of things that people want and they want it yesterday. Oh, so yeah. if you're giving them emails and they don't want to read it, people don't read bottom of line, people don't read. So um, sad, right? How many times do you have a spelling error in something on complete accident? Cause we're humans and no one catches it. It's because people don't read. <laughs> Um, I have somebody who catches them because my poor dad reads every single thing that I ever publish. So I'll get (laughs) phone calls where it's just like, Hey, you know, that email you just sent or that Instagram post you just said, well, you misspelled this word. And I'm like, thanks dad (laughs) for that. My sister does that too, but no one else would, maybe they're just ignoring me or what it is. (laughs) They don't want to tell me. Um, but yes, there's always that one person they're like, Hmm. It's not working. (laughs) Um, And especially kind of tying emails back into other platforms is I have clients that'll put like an image screenshot of a reel or of a YouTube video or of a Vimeo video, whatever it is. Um, And then people have to click to go and watch that video. And especially right now, people are loving on video. So if you want to take it a step further, I have a couple of clients that I've been challenging them to do personalized videos for their emails only. And even if they're two minutes and maybe it's just part of like the welcome series of emails that they have. And it, all it is, is click below to see, you know, Haley saying thank you. And it, Haley comes on and she's like, thank you so much for being a part of my email list. I am honored to have you for the next, you know, few months. I'm going to be emailing you every week. You're going to get goodies like A, B, and C. Thank you so much for being here close the video. I also think that curiosity will kind of get the best of them. Right. Because I'm just kind of thinking of my experience in, in getting emails, like in actually receiving them, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the subject lines that I don't want to say tricky because that makes them sound bad, but the, the subject lines that make you go, huh, 
Mm-hmm. I wonder what they're talking about. Uh-huh. Like there was one uh, that I got several weeks back and I don't even remember who sent it, but the subject line was just like, wow, I really blew that. And I was like, oh, like I, I know Crap. this is a trick. I know I don't care, but I care. And sure enough, you opened it up and it was like, you opened it up and it was this whole story and it was, it was great. It was great marketing. And I think the same thing applies to that. Like if you send out an email that says, I have a special message for you, watch the video. Too many people are just going to be like, Oh, I like, I've got to know, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that inevitably like, you know, ups your open rate and your click rate when you kind of play on that and like peek on, on people's curiosity. Curiosity killed the cat. That's what they say. And, you know, (laughs) you touched on it a little bit too, right. With what you were saying, you need to tell someone literally what to do. So if you have links throughout your email, maybe it's going to the same blog post or something. Um, Awesome. But maybe they won't click a hyperlink. They need a giant button on the bottom that says, click here to read more. Yeah. It is as obvious and clear as day what they need to do. Some people literally need that. You know, they say marketing is like the rule of seven. People need to see a marketing message, um, a promotion seven times before they're even like, oh yeah, I do want that. You know, I found out recently, and this is so interesting, fun fact for just for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I found out recently that that doesn't even like work anymore because they've actually, they've done studies and they actually upped that number now. So it used to be like seven times. They've done studies. I want to say it was like back in maybe 2019 or something. I don't know. It's like, it's been a a couple of years now, but only a few where they've done these studies now. And because of social media, because of Mm -hmm. the fact that we're just constantly being sold to and just the, the digital nature of everything, mm-hmm. um, seven doesn't cut it anymore. It's actually like 11 to 18 times. I, yeah, I completely believe that. Right. Oh my God. Like it blew my mind from a marketing perspective to hear that because here we are telling, you know, our clients like, you know, Oh, Hey, you, you got to get in front of them like seven times. No, you've got to get in front of them 11 to 18 times before they're going to buy. So that just, that like, blew my mind that, you know, it had gone up like that. Well, and then you think about people that get easily overwhelmed, like as entrepreneurs and who don't want to sell, you know, a lot, they have to, you know, sometimes it's like pulling teeth for some people to really like organically and authentically sell something. Um, and at the end of the day, when you're now telling them that they have to go upwards of 20 times to tell about a product or service that they have, people are gonna be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) But everyone listening, that's amazing. That's an amazing data point. And so if anything, go and promote yourself today with a big, bright smile because only you can do what you do. So the big, bold button. Big, bold button. Please make it as obvious as can be. Absolutely. I feel like now we need like t-shirts or something that say like, press the big, bold button or something like that. For it. I am so excited about that. <laughs> That'll be on the on the quote card that I do for this episode, it'll just like have your face and just read, like, click the big, bold button, click to hear more. (laughs) Yes. 
And then people are going to be way too curious and they're going to have to listen to this episode and find out about it. I love it. I know. (laughs) All right. One more thing that I really want to touch on before we let you go, because we could do this all day. And really, I feel like this is one Mm -hmm. of those topics where I could literally come up with questions all day, but the fact that it's you and me, like Mm -hmm. we definitely could be here all day. It could get so much worse. (laughs) So one more thing, and I know this could be like a whole episode on its own. So just kind of maybe graze the surface, touch on it really quick. Mm -hmm. So we've covered, you know, everything about like the subject lines and we've covered how to actually up your click rate, those things together, doing all of that stuff is going to inevitably open or up your, um, open rates. Right. And then you've talked about some of the mistakes that you see, but through all of those, you've kind of touched on your clients, like struggling with the actual like content, or we've touched on repurposing. Like we've touched on a lot of pieces of this where, the content itself is actually being brought into play. So what is your advice for the people who are like, I get it. You know, I understand the subject lines and the testing and I I get all of the stuff that I'm supposed to do, but what do I actually talk about? Like, I have no idea how, like, how am I supposed to email them every single week with something that's actually worth talking about? without just like selling to them every week. Like what's your, what's your advice there for actually coming up with that content and not just selling all the time and and being able to be consistent with that? What does that look like in a really good strategy? I'm really happy we're actually rounding out this episode with this question because we just talked about how you need to repurpose things and tell someone something over and over and over again. So my best advice to my clients when they come to me with that um, of a creativity stuck, I say, go to your Instagram, you know, go to your Facebook, whatever your platform of choice is, and look at the posts that did really, really well. And maybe their value, maybe their quotes, you know, maybe it's a fun reel of yours and just put that into an email and see how that lands. Um, even if it's a quote, right? Like hashtag stay caffeinated. I talk about drinking coffee all the time, all Um, the time, (laughs) all the time, all the time, currently drinking coffee for those of you who are not watching and are listening. Um, but there are quotes that I pull that are silly and all you'd have to do is put a quote that you've used somewhere else and put a paragraph underneath it. That's like a caption, but it's like, I like this quote because it makes me feel joyous. Happy Friday, everybody just wanted to, you know, be in your inbox, send you some love. Um, it is simple. And I think people overthink email because they have sent them out five years ago and they didn't work because they sent only a couple and they're like, that was too much for me. I'm not doing it. Um, email is something that you can start with a grandiose message and then scale it down for everything else, but you can also do it backwards. So if there's a fun video that you did something on, take the three bullet points within the video and put that in an email. Um, Night and day, if anyone is listening and you are having troubles, book a one-on-one session with me and we will talk all things email for an hour. Um, I am, <laughs> lights me up, obviously. <laughs> I love it. Yes, go do that for sure. Um, but I love it. I love that you said that it can kind of be done um, either way because we've done an episode on well, we've done an episode on content batching with Amanda Warfield, which is amazing. 
So if you hasn't, if you haven't listened to that, please go do that. Um, but I've also done a, uh, an episode on my own about actually repurposing content. And so I just kind of broke down like how you can take one thing, one piece of content and turn it into so many more. But I think it's really important that you said, you know, you can also do this backwards because I think a lot of us get stuck in, okay, if I'm going to batch content and if I'm going to repurpose content, this is the order in which it has to be done. Right. And we think we have to create the, the long form piece first, whether it's podcast episode or, you know, blog post or, um, email or whatever, and then break that down into smaller pieces for like the social media posts and the Instagram stories and the, you know, whatever. And so to hear that you can do that backwards, like you could take your best performing Instagram post or Instagram reel or TikTok video or that got you really high engagement or, or the post in your Facebook group that really got a lot of comments and a lot of engagement or whatever it is, you can now take, you know, that piece of content and go like lengthen it or turn it into an email somehow, like just build on it, turn it into an email. I think that's going to put a lot of people on the right track to know that there's not really one it's like everything else, right. In entrepreneurship and life, like there's not really just one way, right way to do it. Like you can do, do it however you want and, and kind of play with it like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important because people's brains work differently, right? So mm-hmm. maybe you and I could write blog posts all day long, and then it's easy to chunk those out and make 10 different things. But some people don't do that. They'll do an Instagram story in the morning and maybe it goes really well. And they're like, wow, I thought I could send a similar message to my email people. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Um, Sometimes you get inspiration in different ways. And just because you're not starting with something long form and then just tailoring it down, you can easily do it backwards. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, Especially when it's content that you already know that your people are liking and loving on turn it into literally anything else. And I promise it'll get just as good as engagement, especially if you're trying to up your emails. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for myself, like I've had those Instagram posts where I'm like, oh, dang it. Like I, I could have expanded on that. Mm-hmm. I could have added that. You know, like we've all had those things where we're like, oh, like, should I edit it? Should I add that? Like, no, okay. I'll save it for another time or whatever. And so, I mean, there you go, like go expand on it, turn it into something longer and you know, there you have it. Mm -hmm. So I love it. All right. Well, that was amazing. (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) I mean, you guys just got email marketing. You got subject lines, you got content batching, you got repurposing, you got tangents, a whole (laughs) conversation about failure in the beginning. I mean, we, we covered like we covered it all. (laughs) So we went through all the things. It was amazing. You're amazing. I love you. Uh, I love this episode, but we always close the episodes out with my rapid fire round, which is, uh, just some fun, quick, lighthearted questions that I just enjoy closing the episode out with. And I think it helps our audience learn a little more about you and maybe get a couple of ideas for themselves. So are you ready? So ready. Okay. Perfect. 
So to kick it off, uh, I feel like I, it's funny because I, I definitely already know the answer to this. And if you, if you don't say what I think you're going to say, I'm going to be like, you're a liar. Uh, but for their sake, <laughs> what is your favorite part of your morning routine? Coffee <laughs> period. Move on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So it's currently November. Um, and I have this amazing almond milk and coconut milk pumpkin spice creamer, and I'm living every day for it. Um, however, the holiday drinks at Starbucks just opened up and my favorite drink of the entire year is their, um, toasted white mocha. So I bought myself one yesterday to bring me joy. Um, so those are the two things that I'm loving on right now. Don't, don't loop that. Cause then we'll have to go buy it. He loves trying all the like <laughs> coffee creamers and, and all of that stuff. He'll try anything. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> all right. So what is the last book that you loved? Oh, I'm currently reading. I'm not done yet, but I'm currently reading cumulative advantage. It's mm. really, really good. So Why have I not heard of that one? What is this? I should go grab it, but it, um, it's literally about how some people are on different playing fields and how you can find your own cumulative advantage to get ahead. So it talks about how like Mark Zuckerberg and two others really started Facebook and then he pushed them out, but they're all multimillionaires to begin with because they like met each other at Harvard or something. And so then it talks about like what those other people did in their stories um, and kind of where that they like invested the first $250 in a Bitcoin. And now here we are. Um, and the author of the book even talks about how he launched a book the same time someone else did, the exact same. He's like, this wasn't my first book. I have, you know, 20 years of experience. This person just launched a new book. It was a, a trending idea and it went crazy. So it talks about like where he went wrong in his cumulative advantage and how to make that better for you and your business as an entrepreneur. And I highly recommend, I'm not done yet, but I'm really into it. Well, I'm going to have to go look that up because I haven't even heard of that one. That's awesome. All right. What is one tool or resource platform, whatever that you use in your business that you love and just recommend to everybody? Oh my gosh. You're going to hate this one. Um, I literally <laughs> cannot live without my Google calendar. <laughs> I hate it. As soon as you said, you're going to hate this one. I knew it was Google calendar. Like I just felt it in my bones. I love it I, so much. I, I hate it. I want to cut this part out. <laughs> no, just tell them why you love it. I love that you love another platform and we can just leave it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> We're still friends. We're still friends. <laughs> I just, I cannot stand it. I have, I've told you my frustrations with it and it just, it does not work for me. I think I'm the only entrepreneur in the world who doesn't love using Google calendar, but it just does not work for me, <laughs> but I love it. I love that it's working for you. All right. Who is uh, another woman, another account on social media that you love to follow and want to give a shout out to? I'm going to shout out, um, Lauren, I cannot pronounce her last name. It's 13 characters long Lauren R, but she's with courage core and she helps 
Yeah. She helps people literally kind of step out of their comfort zone, find courage, launch their business, kick butt in life. And I love following her. Her reels are amazing. She's so engaging on every story. I'm like sucked in and listening and loving on all of her stuff. So I would have to say Lauren with Courage Core. Yes. She is a beautiful, beautiful human. Love her. And the cutest like English accent because she lives in London. So every time we chat, I'm like, oh my goodness, you're adorable. Yeah. And I didn't know her until you actually brought her in as a, a speaker for the Females on Fire virtual summit. And now I just, I love following her. I'm obsessed with her. But throughout the summit, I had to actually learn like how to pronounce her last name and I had it down and now it's been several months. And so I can't do it anymore. <laughs> nope, literally no idea. Um, it's one of those things where like, kind of like in middle school where like you learn to do something and then you don't do it for so long. And so you just like lose it, you know, like you forgot how to do it. Yeah. That's what pronouncing her last name is like. It's like Spanish. We all learned Spanish at some point And now I only know like 10 phrases. Yep. Um, can I add another female on fire? Yeah, go for it. Uh, <laughs> Monica Allen with Stitch for Success is the beautiful human who actually gave me the cumulative advantage book. And I wanted to mention that it's amazing. Um, And so anyway, she's also amazing. She's like an entrepreneur of 20 years and kicks butt and has service-based and product-based businesses and has all of the wisdom. So that's another human to go love on. (laughs) I love it. I love it. This is what it's all about for me is just like bringing other women together and shouting each other out, lifting each other up. I just, I love it. You know, you know me. I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Last rapid fire question. And it is the toughest one yet. I think what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Joy breeds joy. Ooh, I like that one. Short and sweet. But if you're kind to someone, it's like when you smile, smiling is contagious, right? So you walk down the street, Haley, I tell you, during COVID, I hated having to wear a mask, not because I'm a, you know, a not mask wearer, but I like to see people smile. So I'd be in the grocery store and I'd be smiling and I'm like, no one knows that I'm smiling at them. Like, this is just embarrassing. Cause now they think I'm just staring at them. I um, remember my dad saying that like when, when the pandemic started and everybody was wearing masks and all of that. And he was, it, you know, it was new and he was like, you don't realize like how much you rely on like the lower half of people's facial expressions. Like you can't smile at anybody. It like really, really bothered him that he couldn't see people smile. And I mean, but it's true. Like you don't realize how much just smiling at somebody can really like change their mood. So I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. So joy breeds joy. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's such a you quote. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Tell everybody about this incredible holiday offer that you have. Mm -hmm. I can already say everybody needs to go grab it. Like it's amazing. So worth it. We're going to put it in the show notes in all the links so you can find it easily, but tell them about your, your holiday marketing bundle and just give them a little taste, a little sneak peek of what it is and why they need to go grab it. I'm so excited. Okay. So if you're out there listening and you liked anything that we've talked about today, um, and now you're stressing because the holidays are coming, 
I have a mini course that's only like an hour in total of videos. So I don't, I swear I don't talk this much. Um, it's very to the point in my course, but it's called Marketing Through the Holidays. And there is actual tactics that will bring you from early November, where we are right now, through Christmas and through the holiday season so that you are ready for this crazy shopping frenzy that's going to happen. Um, and make sure you're set up for success when people are searching for you, when they have shopping and buying and spending on their mind. And so not only is there a comprehensive course and worksheets that go along with it, I also have not one, not two, but three bonuses <laughs> that I have now added. Um, one of them is a giant list of holiday hashtags. Obviously there's a strategy with it, but you can go and love on them. Um, one is small hashtags, medium hashtags, large hashtags, mix them all together. And then I have a only holiday email subject line list. Um, that's all things holidays. And then I just added a bonus of an actual email strategy, from for the whole month of November and into December so that you don't have to guess how many times should I be emailing? What should I even be emailing? Is this annoying? Am I annoying people? <laughs> um, so it is jam-packed of amazing goodies, um, especially on the email sense for you to really level up and add a little jingle to your marketing <laughs> over the holidays. I'm over here laughing so hard because you guys, I know her, like we're very close. And so Believe me when I say that if Kelly is launching anything, you are going to get a thousand and one bonuses <laughs> <laughs> because like, she can't help it. She just adds bonuses nonstop. Like we hopped on this call for this interview and she was like, I added another bonus. And I was like, you what? <laughs> I was like, I just talked to you yesterday. <laughs> she adds all the bonuses and it just makes it so, 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 so I can't say so enough worth it. It was already so worth it before she added all this stuff, but the bonuses are just absolutely amazing. And I can tell you right now that those holiday subject lines alone are just going to make it so worth it just by themselves. And it's only $197. Even better. Yeah. Go and eat it up. So worth it. $197. I mean, if that could bring you in all the black Friday sales and all the, the Christmas money and all of that stuff so that you can end the year strong, woo, it's worth it. So we will put all the links for that in the show notes and down below, wherever you're listening to this, but go grab it. Trust me. You are going to want it. It is so, so worth it, but I love it. I think it's such an amazing offer. It's really going to help everybody end the year super, super strong, which just sets you up really well for 2022. So go grab it. Do not waste any time. Check out those links, grab that offer while you can. And Kelly, you know, I love you. I love you so much, you. Um, but thank you so much for just coming on and sharing all of your wisdom and giving all of this incredible insight into the world of email marketing and just kind of a look into your story and your business and your processes and just giving, you know, all of these incredible tips that I know are going to help people so, so much, especially so much. as we're <laughs> trying to close out this year strong and, and going into next year. And, um, so just, you know, thank you so much mm -hmm. for, for your time and, and for all of this, you know, I love you. And I just love all the fun, positive, 
giggly joy that you always bring with you and that you brought to the show today. So I am just honored that Females on Fire got to have you today. Thank you. And I hope we have like 17 episodes in the future because I think we could probably keep talking about all the topics all day long. So thank you, everyone who's listening. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Um, And you can find me literally anywhere at Caffeine with Kelly. Um, Let's have coffee together. That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at Females on Fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.